Praise the Lord. So today we're going through, um, we finished Romans 11. We're going to talk about Romans 12. And specifically, we're going to talk about Romans 12, 1 to 8 today. I don't think we're going to get to 8. We're just going to really, really focus on 1 to 3. So let's just do 1 to 3 for now. Romans 12, 1 to 3. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. So that's where we're going to just stop today. Next week, we'll, we'll really dive into it because this is a very interesting uh, chapter. I'm not saying others, others are not interesting. But when you look at this, script, this scripture, you see the first one, the first verse. It's just Romans 12. Yeah. We're just going through Romans 12. So... You look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. And it says, Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourself, but God brought you, bought you with a high price so you must honor God with your body. You know, this is exactly what the same thing that Romans 12, 1 is saying. I'll read it again. Romans 12, 1, it says what? And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable, this, this is truly the way to worship him. So you, you, we, see, we see here that this, these two scriptures are identical. They're talking about one thing. And I will, I will go through it. You know, and for you to really understand these scriptures, we have to go back to the beginning. And the beginning is in the aspect of Adam and Eve. So when Adam and Eve left the Garden of Eden, they, they started to fend for themselves. Additionally, they started to work for the devil, the God of this world. You know, you know, they started to, you know, we started, we, they started to abide in his presence. You know, they, we started to abide in his presence. We started to do his bidding. We started to do his task, his work. And you'll notice that, you'll notice in 
You, see, you, you notice in Genesis 4.8, you see the first murder that happened in the Bible. Genesis 4.8, it says, One day Cain suggested to his brother, Let's go out into the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. So, evil, the Bible says, evil entered the world. Evil entered the world when one... David, stop, please. Evil entered the world when Adam and Eve sinned. When Adam and Eve sinned, evil entered the world. So what happened was, evil entered the world. Cain and Abel did what? Committed the first murder. We sold, we sold ourselves to the devil. You know, we bought his stocks. We, 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 we did his, his evil tendencies. We showed our bodies to him. You know, maybe we didn't pledge allegiance to him, but in, in, invariably we did whatever he would tell us to do. But when Jesus came into the picture, the Bible says, for this reason, you know, he, Jesus came to undo the works of the devil. So he, Jesus came to do what? To take, con, take the authority that we gave the devil, came to take the authority back, and help us so that we don't go down the path of going astray any longer. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit said it previously. He says, that's why he said the body is the temple of what? The Holy Spirit. I'll, look, I'll give you an example. Say, supposing you have a child that either disowns you or has gone down an incorrect path. You won't forget as a person, as a, as a parent, you know, you won't forget that, that child. It's, it's kind of impossible for you to forget that child. You see, you as a parent, you wouldn't forget that child. The same way God as a parent, God the Father, that's, for, for God the Father, say, he's a parent too. You know, God the Father is a parent, so he, he's, he, will, he will not ignore the wrong that we, the wrong path we're taking. He will not say, okay, let him keep taking the wrong path. He will not say that. It will, you know, it aches one's body when a child is not, is not doing the right thing. It, 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 it's, 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 it makes a child, a, sorry, a parent not happy when they see the child not, not doing the right thing, not doing the proper thing, not listening, not, not obeying the parents. It, it, it hurts. Like, you know, what's going on? The same way God, God is hurting that, you know, we've gone a different path. And so what happened was, you see that the Bible says, God, God says, I created human beings in his own image. So in his own likeness, in his own image. So what happens is that when you see somebody, they'll say, yeah, that person has what? God. So you have a God peace in you. Everyone has that God peace. So what happened is that the void happened when Adam and Eve left. 
So you still have that void. That's why you see that people are always in search of something. And what happens, sometimes they land in drugs and they still, they still don't feel that they've gotten to that spot. They still, they still feel empty. Look at what, look at what um, Matthew, Matthew 18, 13, 13 to 14. Matthew 18, 13 to 14 says, and says, and if he finds it, if he finds it, I'll tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, if, in the same way, it is not my heavenly father's will that one, even one of the little ones should perish. So God doesn't want you to what? Perish. He doesn't want you to, go, you to go astray. The Lord wants the relationship and more importantly, wants the relationship with his own creation. So what did he do? He devised a plan He devised a plan that says, you know what? My child will go there and be the savior of the world. My child, Jesus, will go there and be savior of the world. So his plan was to do what? To bring us closer to his plan and his purpose for us as his children. So Jesus came into the world, brought us, bought us with his blood, and brought us into his kingdom. So, to, to give you a better understanding of this is, when you purchase a vehicle by cash, if you pay cash for a vehicle, that car belongs to you. If you pay cash for a house, the house belongs to you. You get a title for it that says, this house or this car belongs to you. The vehicle is yours. Jesus paid with something more precious. And what did what, what does the Bible? It was his blood. He paid. So by this payment, we now belong to who? God. We now belong to God's camp alone, not the devil's camp any longer. We are not supposed to be working. We're not supposed to be working for who? The enemy anymore. We're supposed to be working for who? To, for God. We have a new what? A new master. Bless you. We have a new master. A new, our new master is who? Jesus. We're supposed to submit to him alone. He's supposed to lead our lives. What we used to do for the devil, now we're supposed to do it for who? For God. For the kingdom of God. So going back to this same scripture that says 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. He says, don't you realize, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. He said, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, but God bought you with a price. So you must honor God with your body. So what is this Bible saying? Your physical body does not belong to you any longer. It doesn't belong to you any longer. So you need to watch what you put into the body. 
you know, when you lease a car, the car doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the leasing company. So what do you do? You treasure the car. You don't, you don't look, when you see a pothole, you don't jump into it and say, it's not my car anyway. So let me jump into the pothole. If that car, because when you enter the pothole, when you enter a pothole, the shocks and the struts of the car can break when you enter a pothole real fast. You know, to enter a pothole, you need to slow down. If you, you can avoid it, you need to slow down, enter it, and come back. But sometimes, you know, you think I'm leasing a car, it doesn't belong to me, or you rent a car, it doesn't belong to me. But what happens is that the, the you put down a deposit if you if you rent a car you put down a deposit on your credit card five hundred dollars when the when and the fee is to rent the car for a day is maybe forty dollars but you put down five hundred dollars already so what happens is that if they find out that your the struts or the shocks or something broke and you brought it back to them they'll charge you two thousand three thousand four thousand dollars on your credit card. Why? Because you broke something that it doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to you. So, so it means that you need to do what? Treasure it. My point is, our body is, the Bible says, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So what? We need to do what? Treasure it. I remember when we, when we leased a car one time, and um, I, I wanted, lease normally to give you 12,000 miles. Maximum 15. I wanted 20. So they said, okay, if you want 20, then you have to do what? <clears throat> you have to pay the difference. I said, fine. So, but you can't go past 20 every year. So you lease a car for three years. They expect to sit 60,000 miles or less from, me, from, from, from us. So if they see anything above 60,000 miles, who, who pays for it? You now, of course. You, you pay for it. Means that you didn't treasure it. You didn't, you, you know what you're up against. So, our bodies, our bodies is not ours. It's the property of the Holy Spirit. You and I are to fully grasp this concept. We need to change the way we think. We need to, for us to understand this concept, we need to start to change the way we think. Because think about it, you were in a different camp before. You were doing anything that comes your, your, your way. You want to go to Kafanchan. You just think, oh, you know what, I think I want to go to Jamaica today. You just buy a ticket, and you go to Jamaica. Boom. You don't think about, the, that was what we used to do before. But now that we, we belong to a different camp, and we belong to a, a superior camp whereby we go to God and say, God, we want to go to Jamaica today. And God, who knows heaven and earth, will say, Don't go. And you'll be saying, Why? He said, Don't go. And you'll be wondering, Okay, maybe I shouldn't go. He said, I shouldn't go. Okay, I won't go. Then three weeks later, you see that there's a hurricane came and swept away the hotel that you were supposed to be in. And you'll be like, uh-oh, oh, that was the place I was supposed to stay. And that's the, the camp that we're supposed to be in. So we need to start to think, you know, we need to start to adjust the way we think. It is like 
if you decide to go to Georgia and you always take 95, Route 95, and once someone tells you, you know, there's a better way of going to Georgia instead of being stuck on 95, and it takes you, normally Georgia will take you two, uh, 10 hours, but when you're on 95, it will take you 14 hours. Somebody will tell you, look, there's a, there's a faster way. Take 95 to 75. 95 to 75, 75 will get you towards South Carolina, and then from there you're in Georgia. Ah, you be like, really? And I've been doing something terrible. Maybe I should start taking this uh, 85, this shorter way, that will, at least will get me there in 10 hours. You save me a good four-hour difference. So, basically, you start to change the way you think. There's a better way. A relationship with God the Father by Jesus is the better way for us to live on earth. For you and I to live out our Christian life, we need to watch the way we think. Now that you have been bought at a price, and as a result, you are in the kingdom of God, you need to stop acting like your old self, and you need to behave like your new self. Changing the way you think will help you to understand the change and help you to navigate the new way. You know, it's funny because I was telling them, I was telling these young guys I, I meet with uh, on Wednesday, I was telling them, you know, during, after I finished having a conversation, I was talking to my colleagues and I said, man, I dread going to do the snow because it's just a lot. And it's so amazing that you, I said something like that and the snowblower broke. <laughs> you know, you don't, we don't understand some of these things we say and there's a there's a recourse. There's there's something that happens after that. So we need to watch what you say, and what we say comes from what we think. When we start to think it, you say out of the abundance of the the heart, the mouth does what speak it. So we, we need to change these things. First First Peter one to fourteen. 1 Peter 1 to 14 says, You must live as God's ob obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your old desires. You didn't know any better then. Can you imagine what the, the Bible is saying there? 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1 14. 1 Peter 1.14. He says, I'll read it again. You must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back. Because it's easy to slip back. Don't slip back to your what? Your old ways of living to satisfy your what? To satisfy what? Your desires. You did not what? He did not know any better then. So it's easy for, for you and I to slip back to our old ways of working. So to limit it, you, you and I need to what? Constantly what? Renew our mind. It's a constant thing. Renew your mind would help you to think better. 
Renew the way you think regularly. Renew the way you think helps you to erase the past information you thought was better because you didn't know any better anyway. I read it, I said it sounds it sounds like a, a mouthful. Renew your way. Renew the way you think helps you to erase the past information you thought was better because you didn't know any other way. You know, I'll give you this example. In the past, being an unbeliever, we try to fix everything on our own. We worry constantly. We try to fix or we or we do what we worry constantly. But after renewing your mind and renewing the way you think, we now know that we place our what? Problems into who? Into God's hands. And apart from just placing it into God's hands, we now know that in this life, God handles who? Your problem for you. You don't have to handle it yourself anymore. You don't have to allow the devil to do what? Handle it for you. And in this life, God handles and fixes the problem for us. In this way, in this way, in the old way, what happened? We fix. We fix our own problem. We worry about it from now to tomorrow. But in the new way, the Lord what? Fixes it for us. This is the difference. Look at first um, uh, Philippians 4 6. Philippians 4 6 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. So, what does this do? What, what is it? He says, Pray about everything. Tell God. He wants you to tell Him. He wants you to tell Him. Praise the Lord. This is what he wants. He wants you to tell him. He wants you to tell him. Look, look, at, look at an example that I will give you. An example is generosity. Generosity. <clears throat> you know, generosity is not really a, 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 an unbeliever thing. You know, we, are, we we have been told to hoard. We've been told to hoard and save. I'm not saying saving is not good, but we've been told to hoard a lot. Hoard for yourself. It was more of you, you, me, myself, and I. Hoard. But after renewing your mind, you 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 start to know that you start to realize what Luke six thirty eight is saying. Luke 6, 38 says, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaking together, to make room for more, running over, and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Can you imagine what the Bible is saying? The Bible is saying, Be generous. He says, You that don't want... So in your mindset, you need to start to change the way you're thinking. You know, Jesus said, 
in Acts and Acts twenty nine thirty five. Acts 29, 29, 35. Acts 29, 35. It says, And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You, Acts 29, 35. Yeah? Is that it? Where did I get this one from now? Sorry. Was it in Acts 19? Let me see. I'm sorry. It's I think I pulled the I pulled the wrong example. Where it says it's blessed, it's more blessed to give than to receive. You know, that's what I was trying to pull out. I think I put the wrong I put I put the wrong information. Oh, it's Acts 20. Acts 20. 35. Acts 20 to 35. Thank you so much for that. It says, Acts 20 to 35, it says, and I have been I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by hard work. It says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more, what? Blessed to give than to receive. Is better to give than to receive. But it's contrary to what our old way says. It's contrary to the old way. The old way says hard. Hard as much as you don't help your neighbor. The old way does it. Do you think about your neighbor? No. Think about it. Yes. A man that builds a huge house next to a man that has a, a mud house. Does he think about his neighbor? And when he ties the road, he only ties it to his house and leaves the, the other neighbor right there. Think about it. Does he think about that? He said, man, you fend for yourself. And do I, did I tell you? It, there's no there's no thought about it. In, is, in, the, 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 in this country, they tell millionaires to give. And you know, the thing is, funny thing, that all this whole, let's give, is a taxable thing. The kids, would they be able to give from their heart when, if there's no tax? That's true. If there's, nothing to if there's no in, incentive. There's no popularity. Nobody say, ah, this man gave uh, 100 million. Think about it. You think about it. The, the man is making 6 billion. And he gives 1 billion. His taxable income is 5 billion. That's how much they're going to tax. Now the question is, if there's no tax, I keep asking that. I ask that question. If there's no tax, would they really give? Because human beings are selfish. That's more my point. Human beings are traditionally selfish. They don't, we don't think about others. 
We don't, we don't try to consider anybody. But it's the people that know of Christ, the people that are in Christ, that will think about somebody. Somebody wrote, somebody wrote me, uh, texted me and said, you know, please, you know, this uh, widow's thing, please, there's, there's, a, there's, there's somebody that I just thought about. I know I, 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 you have a limit, but please, this person, he just lost the husband. He just lost the husband. The woman is pregnant. She has a, a child already. And the, bo- the man used to do Okada. So there's no income. But it's somebody that is thinking far. <laughs> you can't understand. Look, if you're an unbeliever, you don't think, man, you say, man, why? how come the man knew he was going to die? How come he's going to go have a baby? In your mind, you're justifying why. And that's why it's important that we constantly do what? Renew our mind. Jesus, do you know who, who's the greatest giver? God. God. Good job, David. God is the greatest giver. Why? He gave something precious. Free of charge. And what happened? What was the return? You see, people don't understand this. When he said Luke, Luke 6, 38, people don't understand he gave something precious and the return is both of us. All of us. Free. We accepted him. We got, he got a return. And he got a return hundredfold. Hundredfold return. Praise the Lord. So we are to con- con- continue to what? Renew our mind. We need to... We, we will, it will help us to understand the will of of God in our lives. It will help us to, 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 to us to test and see that the Lord is good. We should know that the Bible is teaching us about Jesus and the kingdom of God. And it is also training us how to live on earth like Jesus did. We should we should we should we should not take this for granted. It is our lifestyle. It's supposed to be a lifestyle. We're in a new world. So we need to understand what this new world stands for. I'll give you an example. The Lord gave me this example. It's a very interesting example. He says, if you are working for organization A and you leave organization A and go to organization B, if you're working in Google, and you, you know, and you now leave Google and you go to Amazon. You're not going to, you're not going to take, you're going to take the knowledge that you got in Google and apply it in Amazon because that's the reason why Amazon hired you because of the knowledge that you have. But you will not take the practices of Google and apply it in Amazon because it won't work. And that's why in Amazon. When you start working in Amazon, Amazon will train you. Why are they training you? They are trying to change the way you think about their company. They are trying to change the way you think so you can think like Amazon can think. You can think like what Bezos is thinking. 
You know, no, 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 no longer thinking about how Google is thinking. You're thinking, your mindset. You want what? A change in your mindset. Praise the Lord. And that's why it's important for you and I. That's why it's important for you and I to. Is this similarity? Is this? We we were unbelievers, and now we're what believers. So what we need, we have to throw away the old. We have to throw away the old way of what, of thinking, the old way of doing things, and now adopt the new way of working as a believer. I'll repeat. We have to throw away the old way of working and adopt the new way of working as a believer. He said, it might not be easy because you're restraining yourself. But we need to look at what? The bigger picture. We need to look at the benefits. The old way we the old way didn't work as we have, to, we didn't work as we, we, we thought it was going to work. We know that this new way has been tried and what? Tested. Do you know that this new way has been tried and tested? Jesus came, tried it, tested it. It worked. He was the example. Paul came, tried it, tested it. We have matrix that went through it. I know that this thing works. So it is not new for us. You know, and it's, it, this thing goes to tell me how Elijah, Elijah, because of Jezebel, Elijah says, I'm the only one that, that, that they're about to kill me. And Jesus says, no, no, no. God said, no, 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 no. I have 7,000 others that haven't bowed down to bow. Why? There are people that are still, they have gone before you. They've gone before you and I. They've tried it. It's proven. It works. And God says, go be like them. Jesus says, go be like me and more. Greater works would you do? Because what? I'm going to be with my father. That's what the Bible says. You know, Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is what? Is good. All the joys of those who have refuge in him. What does he say? He says, go and let God cover you. He says, I want to encourage you and I today to be good students of the word. Good students of the word. Look at what 2 Timothy 2.15 says. It says, Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good what? Worker. Who does not need to be ashamed or who, co and co who correctly explains the word of truth? I repeat. Sarah. 2 Timothy 2.15 It says, Work hard so you can present yourself to God 
and receive his approval. Be a good worker who does not do what? Who does not who who does not need to be ashamed? Who correctly explains the word of truth? So the Bible says that we need to do what? Take our time. Take our time to to get to know who this God is. He says, work hard. So that God can say, yes, good and faithful servant. Work hard. Yes, this time of uh, COVID is different. This time of COVID is hard sometimes. You know, parents parents are going through virtual schooling. It is difficult combining virtual schooling and, and work. But you know what? The Bible says still work hard. Read your, try to read your Bible. Try to get to know him. You know, I, I said to somebody, I said to these, these people yesterday, I said, the key is that God is saying, get to know now. So that when it's time to swim, you're able to swim perfectly well. Get to know, read your Bible now. So that when a situation arises, you will know how to get her. You know, you without a without a doubt in your mind. If somebody hurts you, you know what the Bible says. It says, "Do not let your anger. Don't let the sun go down. What your anger? Why? You, you know why? So you don't give the devil a foothold. Because you know the thing about it is." I, my wife was telling me about a, a, a movie that she watched, how somebody did somebody wrong and the Lord was saying, forgive, forgive. And they were like, okay, maybe I, I I'll say, I don't know, the, I can't remember the whole story, but there were like two sets of, two, two people. One person, this is, it was an amazing thing. One person, oh, no, 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 let, me, let me, let me think this, think, think, let me think it through. It's not, so they like they were like two people. One one person, God says, forgive. That one person forgive. No problem. The other one says, God, God says, forgive, forgive. The one person, man, I'm not gonna, it's hard, it's tough too. But what happened was the person that forgave, the enemy used some people to you to do a voodoo on them. And that person that forgave, who never allowed the enemy in, who didn't give the, the devil the foothold, the devil was not able to penetrate. God fought the battle for that person. But the person that refused to forgive, that gave the devil a foothold, when the enemy used that voodoo, he affected the person. The key I'm saying is that we need to be careful. This is the Bible. It's the word of truth. There's an, a power in it. It's, 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 um, it's, there's a power in it. God is saying that we need to be what? Doers of the word of God. We're able to know the know, we're able to know that the word of God is true. As we are a doer of the word, 
we then to we'll get to know that the word of God is true, and you have the ability to tell someone about the word of God. You have the ability to tell people that this word has power. That's why he says, your, you, who correctly explains the word of truth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is key. This is important. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So my prayer is that we take our we take our walk with God seriously. This is the this 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 uh, this pandemic has taught one that if 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 not for God, it's only God that is keeping anyone. You cannot keep yourself. And you know some people are predicting another pandemic in the future. So the key is that we need to hold our we need to hold on to God like never before. Because he's our help, he's our healer, he's our provider, he's everything. He's everything. We don't have anything to lose. We don't have anything to lose. So my prayer is that we we think it we have the understanding that we belong to him now. We're not in the other camp any longer. We're in the better camp. We're in the camp of God. You know, we can't... And you know you know what they say about madness? Madness is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. You can't, you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting something good. Good to happen. You know, you can't be naughty and expect that good will always come to you. Like David would say, you can't be naughty and get candy. You can't be, you can't keep doing it and think, oh, it's okay, you're going to still, you find a way of getting a good result. It's not going to work. So now God says, I have a better result for you. I have a different camp you can be on. And when you're on this camp, you will be getting good results. So be on this camp. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. I, I just want to invite anyone that doesn't know Jesus. You know, you have an opportunity to now change from the camp that you're in that is not working to the camp that you know that is going to always work. He's been tested. He's been verified. He's been approved. The solution works. Yeah, it's changing from the devil's camp to the God's, God's camp. If you, if you haven't done that, you have an opportunity. You just say, the Lord, I don't want to be in this camp any longer. I don't want to be in this camp, this devil's camp. I want to be in your camp. I want to be in the camp of God. So, I just pray that you you, you you come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior in the name of Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you glory. We thank you for an opportunity.